Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. I am doing something a little different with the podcast. I am bringing you a special 12-part series, and in the series, I sit down with three presentation and communication experts to tackle some of the biggest presentation questions we receive from our audiences. The experts are global communications expert, Monique Russell, Robert Honorado, who's a director of education and a professional speaker, and then there's Diana Howells, an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and global virtual trainer. You can check out their bios at the end of each show, but for now, tune in and take notes. This is going to be a good one. Hi there, everybody. Bridget McGowan here, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I have a special guest with me today, my friend and former colleague, Robert Honorado. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Bridget. It's great to be here. So Robert and I have done, between the two of us, hundreds of presentations. I don't even have to think about that. It it, it could be thousands of presentations. Like, seriously, I'm not being hyperbolic. When you think about the presentations we've done for work, that we've done just in our own businesses, that we've done in teaching, because that's how I got started. I taught. I taught for the Texas A&M University System. You also taught for Fordham, and and I taught for an online university. I taught for a community college. You've taught at different places, and every single time we got in class, it was a presentation at the front of the room. So we've done probably thousands of presentations at this point. Would you say, Robert? Yeah, that's probably pretty safe. It's got to be hundreds and hundreds. I was thinking about this the other day, um, just for work and, and jobs and whatnot. We probably did safely one to two presentations a week for six or seven years. So that's a couple of hundred right there, a piece. Easy, <laughs> easy. So today you and I are going to talk about whether you should have a PowerPoint presentation or a PowerPoint slide deck, whatever you want to call it. Some people like to use Apple's cousin. Uh, oh, Keynote. Yes. Some people like mm-hmm. to use Keynote, which is the same, essentially the same thing as Microsoft's uh, PowerPoint. So the answer is yes, no, maybe everything in between. We're going to talk about it today. <laughs> So Robert, should should if you're a speaker, do you need to have a PowerPoint? Is that mandatory? Well, I hate to say mandatory. That's a that's a terrible word. I was gonna I would say probably. I was gonna throw out the word probably. Okay. Um, um, I I almost always do. I I couldn't tell you a situation where I hadn't 
Um, but I suppose there are some if it's if it's short, if, if your time is short and it's a smaller group or perhaps a really, really large group um, and it's not a real long time, um, then I would say, yeah, I think most people, most audiences want something to follow. They want an anchor. They want to periodically see where you are or, or what you're talking about. I think that makes them feel better. So I, I think that's really helpful. Um, there are some speakers, although I think it's really, really rare who can get up at a microphone and, and give a keynote, for example, and talk for 45 minutes or 60 minutes and just go and be so interesting that they've got it and can pull that off. That's not most of us, I don't think. Um, I mean, that's really rare and a real talent and some people may have it. So for all the rest of us, we should have something. Um, so then I guess I'll, I'll ask a question for you. What, what is that something? What do you do if you've got to have something? Right, and right. I think that depends on the person, how you play it. Um, I think there's a couple of ground rules. You know, I'm a big believer in, you know, no, you don't want to crowd the PowerPoints. No, you don't want to put too much information. Yeah, I think people want to be grounded. I don't think they want to squint to read your slides. So you don't want to be the PowerPoint killer. You know, that's too much information. You don't need that. You should be talking. You should be explaining. Um, and again, you had said that you've done presentations where you've had a lot of slides. I also know that you may have a lot of slides, but they're not packed crammed with information and a lot of what you're doing is talking and taking people through the slides i use very few slides and again part of what we talked about before i think someone's personality should come through in their presentation and that helps make someone successful and for my personality i can take one slide i could take you through 10 minutes off of one slide robert you you're through. Robert, you're that person who could talk for 60 minutes without a deck and people would be so engaged. I don't know about that. I like, but, but seriously, <laughs> I, I use the slides as, as sort of like the anchor as yeah. sort of the anchor yeah. for them. And then to remind me every once in a while, okay, this is where we are now. But then I use that and I go off to sort of the next piece. What are we talking about now? What is the activity or what are we doing now? Right, right. So a number of things. So like you said, it really depends on the length of time that you have to speak. If we're talking about a 10, 15 minute presentation, then you don't typically need a deck. I mean, that would just be really cumbersome for AV to have to try to get you all set up and everything. And it's just 10 or 15 minutes. But if you are doing a presentation, a workshop, a breakout where you're going for 60 minutes, 90 minutes, a couple of hours, a couple of days, then you definitely, definitely need a deck. And and Robert and, I, Robert and I were talking offline about how he might have 15, 20 slides for a one-hour presentation or 90-minute presentation. I'm one of those people who might have 50, 60, 80 slides for a 60-minute presentation. And sometimes we'll have people who will ask, how many slides should I have in a 60-minute presentation? And the answer is, it depends. For me, like Robert said, my slides are not text heavy. So I might have a slide that has, and this is typical for me, that has like some huge 
wild graphic on it. And I hit it and I show it just at the right second mm -hmm. that I say a word or that I utter a phrase. And I might stay on that slide two seconds. It's just for that emotional impact that I need in that split second. And then I'm on to the next slide. So yes, I may have dozens and dozens of slides for a one hour presentation, but I carefully choreograph them mm -hmm. so that they're telling a story and they're taking you on a ride. All of a sudden you think I'm going in one direction and boop, a slide comes up of some image and it has you laughing or it has you thinking or it has you say, oh my goodness, that's wild. And then when it comes to a keynote, keynotes are typically at least 60 minutes in length. You, like Robert said, want something that's more than just you. Unless you have that gift where you're able to have the audience right there in the palm of your hand, every single second you're speaking and you don't need a deck, more power to you. But nine times out of 10, you're going to want a deck, but you don't want a lot. You don't, you don't want it text heavy. So let me talk a little bit about that. With slide design, I need you to remember these numbers. I didn't give you specific numbers for how many slides you need in a 60 minute presentation, but I'm about to give you specific numbers when it comes to the size of your text. Robert and I actually did a workshop together in Hilton Head many moons ago on slide design and great presentation skills. So here are the numbers. Make sure you have no more than five to seven bullets on a slide, five to seven bullets of information max. Make sure with each one of those bullets, no more than five to seven words per bullet. For the words, make sure the font is at least 28 point. And then for the title, the header of the font, make sure, or the header of the slide, make sure that font size is no smaller than 32 point font. How can you tell if your audience can read that slide? Print it out, full-size sheet of paper, print out that slide, place it on the floor. And if you can read that slide from a standing position with no problem at all, then the font is large enough. 28 point is safe. Now, my preference, I don't have five, seven bullets on a slide, on a slide. I typically don't. Maybe one point on a slide. And that's how I end up with so many slides too. So right. I might have five or seven slides to Robert's one slide that has five or seven bullets in it. So it's really about personal preference. One more thing when it comes to slide design, if you have a large audience, we're talking a room of, we'll say 50 or more people, you want your slide design to have a dark background with white letters, with lighter color letters. If you have 50 or fewer people in the room, your slide deck needs to have a light background with dark letters. The reason for that is it's easier on the eyes. The larger the room, the darker your background needs to be, and you need to have white letters on your slide, on your slides. If you have a smaller room and a smaller audience, then you can use a lighter color background on your slide deck and dark letters. It just makes it easier for the audience to see. I promise you on this. Okay, I'll shut up about slide design and all that good stuff. <laughs>
Well, just it's not necessarily the design of them, but another thing to keep in mind, don't, if at all possible, don't forget this. Get as many of the specifics about the tech in the room and what's going on as you can. Um, you know, it, where's the screen going to be? Is it a hotel ballroom? Is, are there tables versus an auditorium type setup? Um, what's, what's the, the audio going to be like? If you have a video, is it, you know, going to play? Uh, if you can get there ahead of time before the audience is filing in and check it out, have a backup plan. What are you going to do if the tech doesn't work? Is this, is this video you wanted to show the be all and end all and your whole presentation is going to crash if you can't show it? Because guess what? Sometimes it won't work and you don't want to crumble in that case. So you want it. We were talking about, you know, not letting them see you sweat. You want to be able to just go. Oh, okay. They didn't. The video didn't work today. It's all right. We can do something else, or I can explain this to you. You don't want to fall apart. And believe me, um, and I know a lot of you have done a lot of presentations, so you've you're, you've probably seen things. They go wrong occasionally. I showed up at this school to give a presentation one time. Again, I get there early, and the whole nine yards. I want to see the room. I want to see the setup. So they take me up to this room that we were supposed to be, and it's empty, and it's got big old industrial vacuum cleaners in it. No tables, no chairs, no overhead, forget all that. It was just like, this is where they happened to dump the cleaning supplies when they were done. And I, I don't know if I said anything to them. I think I just looked at them, and they looked at me. And I was like, well, you can't see me, so what are we gonna do? Oh, we'll get a different room, we'll get whatever. So, you know, there was no tech to try out at the time. We just wanted a space with chairs at first. Um, and they did, they got it. And the presentation went well, but you don't necessarily know what you're going to find. And as much as they tell you, this is what you'll have and this will be great, you don't know until you get there. So, you know, you want to do as much prep on your end as you can. You want to get as much of that information as you can. Um, and you want to try and get there early, plug that thing in and, and, you know, click on the video and see if it works. Robert, you remind me of, like you said, if you've made enough presentations, you've run into some kind of a tech problem. You remind me of a presentation I did recently where, again, I got there early. We had had the conversation, confirmed all the tech pieces and everything. This was a multi-day faculty development event. I was the keynote for day two. So we had been messaging the day before. Everything was fine. All is wonderful. I get there, we set up my computer, again, get there early and everything, and we couldn't get my computer, I don't know, they weren't talking to each other, the, yeah. the, the LCD projector wasn't talking to my laptop, okay, fine, great, we'll use another laptop, we'll use the one that was working yesterday, uh, even with that, well, you know, you got to make sure you've got your power, your deck on a thumb drive, or at least email it to them, but even with that, we got it so the technology was working but then the clicker wasn't working now this is a real challenge for me because as i've already illustrated i have those slides perfectly choreographed so for this 
I know I said I was delivering a keynote. No, it was not. It was a three-hour workshop. So I had hundreds of slides. And I'll tell you something. Bridget doesn't stand in one place. So to think that she's going to stand at the laptop and be clicking through all those slides is, is just not going to happen. I don't know what would happen, but it's, it's not going to happen. They had to park somebody at the laptop, Robert, mm -hmm. and that person had to advance my slides. And it really, everything went fine, but it kind of shifted the flow because yeah. I'm having to say, okay, next slide. And that drives me insane because it breaks the continuity of my message. Now, fortunately, I had someone who was fantastic. Mm -hmm. So we had it in presenter view and she's listening to me. She was amazing, Robert. Yeah. She was listening to me and she saw the slides that were in the preview uh, view, if you will. Yeah. So she saw what was coming up next and she was getting to the point where she had it down perfectly. You would have thought she and I designed the presentation together because she found her group. She, I even told her she was amazing, but she, they had to designate someone who sat there and advanced my slides. We tried my clicker. We tried their clicker. We changed the batteries. We, we did everything. So you have to be ready for the show to go on. And I know people will say, know your content well enough, so it's okay if the tech doesn't work. Eh, if you got a three-hour workshop, the tech's mm. got to work, okay? You can only go so far. <laughs> you know, it's got to work. It's got to work. But yeah, yeah, I mean, you can know your content so well, but that's not always enough. You know, I had a, a thought. It was a fleeting thought. I hope it comes back to me. Maybe it'll come back to me as I talk about this. Here's a huge pet peeve I have. And it's when people turn and read their slides <laughs> to the audience. The audience can read faster than you can read the slide to them. While you're sitting here on word number five, they're already down to word number 12 in the sentence. Mm -hmm. Never read your slides to the audience. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't come here to listen to you read. They came here, they're hoping they're gonna get something else, something more than that. Right, right, exactly. Oh, it was such a good point that I had. Oh, I forgot it that fast. At any rate, so do you do you need to have a PowerPoint? It, it depends. If you're, you know, fantastic enough to roll without one, then great. It's not recommended if you have a longer presentation. If you do have a slide deck, make sure, make sure you've paid attention to the design of it. And speaking of paying attention to the design of it, never put yourself in a position to say this to your audience. Actually, just never say it. I know you can't read this slide. <laughs> if they can't read it, Robert, why is it in the deck? <laughs> uh, correct, exactly. I was going to say the same exact thing. If they can't read it, why is it there? It's, I don't know. It's, it's insane. It's been a while since I've heard that. So maybe that is a phrase of the past, but just in case everybody listening, make sure everything you do, whether it's your slide design, the content, everything needs to be intentional. Activities that you have the audience doing, everything has to be intentional. Even if you're trying to decide, do you need a deck or not? That needs to be intentional. And you need to ask yourself, 
what is it I'm wanting to accomplish or why do I need to have this slide deck? Something or, else. Or, yeah, or, go or, ahead. Or throw it around. Why, why would I not have, you know, why would I not have a couple of slides? Mm -hmm. Why, I mean, you, you, you even if it's the title of the presentation and a couple more slides after that, and then the titles of your activities, why would you not want to have that? Why would you not want to guide the audience along? Because I'll also, you know, not everybody pays attention. Not everybody pays attention all the time. You've introduced this activity, this thing, this topic, and they're off somewhere else for 30 seconds. You know, it, at least you're sitting on that slide while you're talking. They, they see what we're doing next. They'll see what we're doing next. It reinforces the message, right? You and I being yep. educators know that you, re you remember and retain and understand so much of what you hear, so much more when you hear it and see it, so much more when you hear it, see it, discuss it, so much more when you hear it, see it, discuss it, write about it, dot, 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 dot. The more you engage- Do it. You know, you know I like to try and have people do things if possible. Yes, you do. In a presentation, <laughs> if it works. Um, Robert, Robert, you have had people hula hooping in a presentation. Am I telling true. the truth? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I like to have people do things. Well, because again, we keep saying it. It's not trying to bang you over the head with it. Who likes to be sitting there for an hour? <laughs> you know, you, you after so much time, you want to do something, be engaged in some way, <laughs> shape or form or do something. So yeah, I, I, I have had people do hula hoops. Uh, just like when I was at the last one in, in, in um, uh, Minnesota, you know I had them do peanut butter and jolly sandwiches again. Um, yes. So I've done that too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I like to do. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask you offline to walk me through the hula hoop activity because I love it. And, and listen, everybody, Robert and I, if you didn't know, we believe in activities for that are done with a purpose. So we don't have people making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in a presentation just because it sounds like fun or people hula hooping just because it sounds like fun. There's always a point to, to the activity. And to a point you were making, Robert, you will never have your audience listening at 100% capacity, 100% of the time. So you, it's, it's, important to have that deck in the event their mind does wander and they missed the last 30 seconds the last two minutes of what you said and they can glance up there and it can kind of anchor them or it can kind of give them an idea of of what you were talking about or where you wandered off with your thoughts or what have you so it, it's a teaching tool in, in a in a way mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah. And, you know, one other thing, and I think this is the thought that came to me for a fleeting moment and it left me. I know sometimes people feel so tied to their PowerPoint deck that they feel like, oh, no, I can't survive without it. Here's the deal. No matter what's going on, and I've been there where I'm like, ah, I need my deck, I need my deck, but I need you to remember this. There is nothing more engaging, more exciting, more electric than you can put in a PowerPoint deck. Anything that you can put in a PowerPoint deck, there's nothing more engaging, exciting, or electric than you, you and your personality. Bring that first and foremost and bring the content, bring the value, and then have that PowerPoint slide deck to complement you and back you up.
Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't joking or I wasn't exaggerating when I said I'll talk or do things for 10 minutes off of a particular PowerPoint. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's for me, it's a guide. It's a guide and it's the most important pieces of information, whatever those few most important pieces of information are. And then it's a guide the rest of the way. So I'll, I'll literally go 10 minutes off of one slide. But I want to talk about that for a second, Robert. You can do that in the face-to-face -face environment, stay on one slide for 10 mm -hmm. minutes. But yeah. in the online environment, I'm not saying uh, that you cannot do that. But I am going to say I do not re recommend that you do that because <laughs> people, what, right, people will think something's broken or, okay, did, <laughs> like, are, are we still supposed to be on this slide? I mean, yeah. this, what... <laughs> right yeah so. so what is your environment too what is your tech what is your environment nowadays so many more people are on zoom and they feel it's more, more natural and then they they're not surprised oh we're going to do a webinar we're going to do a zoom presentation but you're delivering it in a different way that's a really good point so yeah and in that sense i i, I would have more slides for those 10 minutes or whatnot um but the interactivity would also be different in that Zoom presentation, um, there is that barrier, um, which is not to say to give in, you know, yeah, not to say you're not yeah. talking for 60 minutes again, you're, you're doing stuff. Um, Bridget and I, when we presented together, we've done Zoom presentations and we've had another person with us because we've had over a thousand people on there. And so somebody was monitoring just the chat and asked questions because Bridget and I ask a lot of questions. Um, so even in that sense, it's fairly interactive, but you got to manage it. You got to prepare it. You got to work it. You got to manage it. Yeah. We had an amazing team where you and I would co-present, but then we would also have someone who would serve as our moderator. You and I were very good at monitoring the chat ourselves, but if you're doing it alone or if you're just not, I mean, we, we did webinars like mad, like you just shared, we would have some webinars with like over a thousand people joining. So you needed another person to sort through it. So if you can, if you're doing a webinar, have your slide deck, make sure you've crafted it just right and try to have a, a moderator to help you out. I know this isn't about webinars, but it, it's just, that's part of our lives now is a yeah. virtual presentation. It just is. And you want to be successful or as successful as you can be. You're the presenter and they look at it. it this is your hour. This is, you're running this thing. Um, I expect you to be good at it. Exactly. There you go. You're running this thing. They expect you to be good at it. Robert Honorado, I couldn't have said it better myself. Always good talking with you, talking presentations and all of the things that make a speaker successful. Thank you so much for joining the show. Thank you very much. Thank you again for having me. It was great. Awesome sauce. And thank you to the listeners. Really appreciate you tuning in. I am Bridget McGowan. This is On the Microphone. I'll catch you next time. Soon after graduating from the University of Connecticut with a degree in marketing, Robert Honorado began an academic career as an adjunct business professor, then moved into academic administration and spent 15 years working as a college administrator in New York State. In time, he returned to the classroom teaching leadership and business courses at Fordham University, where he still teaches today.
Robert eventually began a public speaking career by delivering presentations, workshops, and addresses at educational and business conferences. These sessions turned into a full-time career when he was hired as a senior professional educator by a major textbook publisher. Robert held this position for more than seven years before returning to the academic world, where he held positions of dean and director of online education at several institutions. Robert is presently the Director of Education at Lincoln Technical Institute in Connecticut. He has earned an MBA from the University of Connecticut and has authored and contributed to several academic and professional books and publications. <laughs> 